take a sweet. Mm, it's almost that time. Take yeah, man, the Swig Podcast, man. Yeah, we gotta tune in. Man, let me grab this beer right quick, man. Yeah, let me get my drink ready. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, man, they be talking about all types of stuff on the man, the loggers, the man. There's some beers I ain't never even heard of on there. We about to learn about them, yeah. though, too. What's up, world? It's your boy, the Bearded Brother. It's Shani Hadia, the marvelous gift in the building. What's up, people? How you feeling? Man, so, you know, I'm excited about today's episode. Um, we we are always looking for ways to, to bring together Black people and craft beer. Yes. And when you could take it a step further and bring, it, bring together a Black entrepreneur and beer, that's even better. And then when you could take it even a step further uh-huh. and bring <laughs> bring the black entrepreneur with the <laughs> the ingredients. One together. of my favorite beer ingredients, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, even better. So we have a Darian Larison from Jave Coffee joining us. Uh, so I like Haitian coffee. I, we're going to get into a little bit of like, what is the difference between the two? And I'm sure you'll take, I mean, between the two, between the styles, I'm sure you'll take us down that path, but tell us a little bit about a Darian. That's like, a, you know, I'm sure coffee will be a large part of that, but do you drink beer? Yeah, I drank a beer last night. Um, I, I like beer a lot, actually. So okay, our well, kind of guy. Yeah, I'm drinking a Black is Beautiful. Um, it's with, it's an imperial stout by Pontoon, Atlanta Beer Gang, and Brewing Conversations and the Atlanta Podcast. So it was a collab with the Black is Beautiful initiative. And this one is with cocoa, coffee, and vanilla. Mm. So I'm getting some subtle, I'm getting more of the cocoa um, notes and then very subtle coffee on the back end it kind of lingers the vanilla kind of floats throughout it and and makes it very um palatable yeah and so i I picked this one up of course because it had coffee in it and i just wanted you know as you are taking us down your journey of who a darian is i wanted to be able to chime in you know at well in kramer and i be able to chime in and kind of talk about how some of that relates to 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 beer and the flavors and 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 um and notes you get when you're drinking beer that is brewed with coffee or um ones that have grains roasted to where you get coffee notes from it okay that's cool um yeah so black is beautiful is one of my faves i really like that one it's got a nice um consistency to it I like how when that one is roasted, I think they they over roast like a brown rice to give it that malty feeling or that malty aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's really good. I like it. I what I, I think they, they do rice, rice though. They do grains. I, not it's many great. of them aren't done with rice. Yeah, um, that one that one particularly kind of tastes really good because it's a stout ass beer. But then you get a very pronounced like espresso note at the end of it. And I like that a lot. I guess, yeah. I'm a huge coffee and stout kind of guy. So, of course, my first uh, beer I have is the Abominable Snowman by Jackalope Brewery, which is yeah. um, out of here in the Wedgwood, Houston area. It's an imperial mocha stout brewed with coffee and cocoa nibs. Kind of mm. opposite of Shawnee's. You get the cocoa nibs right on the aroma it's like 100 just cocoa nibs and then it's coffee pretty much throughout the whole sip when it coats that tongue it's just like coffee and then it's just like a nice little kiss of chocolate right at the end which is okay it's the kind of combination i like to go for rather than just stout like starch coffee all the way through yeah. give it adds a little different level to it so yeah, That's this cool. one at ten percent. I got a when I opened it up, <laughs> I got booze. I was like, "Oh, this yeah. smells boozy." I'm here for it though. Oh, yeah. and That's maybe hard. I'll say Claire chocolate. Sorry, I didn't realize that. Oh, that's olive. That's uh, olive chocolate and bongo java coffee. Okay, yeah, that's a nice combination. 
that's a really that's a very Nashville combination now that now that you it mentioned. is very Nashville very, <laughs> very local so I was actually just about to update the listeners at like um Bongo Coffee is I don't know if it's a native of Nashville but it's prevalent here and then um Olive and Sinclair is a local chocolate company mm-hmm. that really specializes in like dark chocolates Yes. And very rich, dry, like it's interesting combinations. Yeah. Yes, definitely different combinations. So I I don't really recall getting any milk chocolate from there. Um, I don't think any I don't think they make that, but the dark chocolate is very good with the sea salt. Um, and they partner with different businesses in the area and oftentimes those collabs, I haven't had a bad collab, I'll say that. Yeah, that's cool. So um, it's interesting that you mentioned the sea salt note too, because sea salt is one of those things that when it's added as an ingredient in coffee, it really highlights the middle and and the top note. And um, it's almost like when you go to these places and you get a gourmet chocolate chip cookie and then they sprinkle sea salt on it, Mm then all of a sudden you taste notes in the chocolate that would have been hidden by the butter in the cookie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's similar with the coffee. Some coffees naturally have like a buttery note. Haitian coffee in particular does that too. There's okay. a lot of natural oil production in the, uh, the Haitian coffee bean. And so when you, when you complement it with the sea salt or with black pepper, it really picks it up really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's one of the things that I enjoy. So the coffee that I'm going to enjoy with y'all while y'all have your beer today. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what you're drinking. Yeah, so I roasted some of, let me see if I can adjust. This is some of my Haitian Bourbon, which is um, a middle to dark roast. And it's got hints of sweet orange and cocoa. Um, For the country folks, that's a bourbon. Right. Yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, he's drinking bourbon today. Oh, yeah, kind of. So <laughs> in Haiti, we call it bourbon because of the bourbon cherry. But it, yeah, you could pronounce it bourbon. And what I do typically is when these beans come in from the farm, my family's farm, I age them in cigar boxes. So either cigar boxes or whiskey barrels. And this batch particularly was done in the cigar box because I like the way that the cedar treatment kind of uh, complements it. Okay. And so I had a chance to pull a lot of the different oils out of the surface of that um, during this roast. So just a little bit of coffee 101. I have, I wish you could smell this through. Me too. Uh, right. <laughs> it smells amazing. Wonderful. Um, you got a really rich oil. Let me smell my beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it smells good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that smells great. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to talk about some of the complimentary notes to it. So I do have some Himalayan sea salt that I'm going to grind into it. Um, I've also prepared some cardamom. Some pots that I have here. And so I'm going to show you that looks like. So we have the coffee here and then there's some open cardamom pods. Simple stuff. Got it from the farmer's market. You know, 100% organic. These are from Ghana. Okay. Definitely want to say thank you to my African Connects that helped me do that. But um, that was one of those things that was really important for me to be able to, to showcase some of the bean as well as some of the ingredients that we use to do that. Okay. So you can see I'm, I'm opening these partially. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the traditional Haitian millet, pistol and millet grinder. You've seen one of these maybe like uh, Big Mama and them usually have these in the South, but in Haiti, the, gra- the grandparents and the old folks always get one. They give you one. I need so I'm going to take a few of these. I do. <laughs> Just a few um, pods. And I'll even put the husk in there too. Okay. And um, it's, all, it's not like it's going into the coffee. So just different. Well, I'm going to do that. 
The, the sound you hear is coffee beans being poured into, what is this thing called again? Yeah, it's a pistol and mortar. Pistol and mortar, there we go. I'd be like a muddler. <laughs> well, you know what? Some people do call it a muddler. This one is handmade and it's from Haiti. Um, I got this one from a family member a while back. So uh, what, what we do is we take this pistol, which is, you know, and you, this. Get in there, get in there. Yeah, I mean, really get in there, right. roll it, and, and break some of these pods down. And um, that creates a definite aromatic experience because the aromas, they're not subtle at all. So when you get into this, you start really um, appreciating some of the top note on the coffee, which is the charred uh, sweet orange. And then it will finish a little bit smoky and earthy um, with the cocoa. So yeah, you know, those, that's where the fun starts. That's where the fun starts. So I'm not gonna lie, that grinding was very like satisfying on the ears. It is, that's some ASMR for real. I was just about to say that. I was like, yeah, it's, you get that? Like, on a loop real quick? It's definitely there, man. Like, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that definitely qualifies. <laughs> I feel like I should also be whispering, and now you hear I know, right? <laughs> now, breath. as you breathe in, concentrate <laughs> on how your lungs expand <laughs> and contract. So, part of that experience, too, is that um, we have different ceremonies, like people get engaged. If a person gets engaged or somebody's going away from college or the military, we'll throw a party. And this, there'll be people sitting around like an open fire and they'll get a big one of these about the size of maybe a five gallon Home Depot bucket, right? But it'll just be wooden. And we'll do this. We'll sit there and talk and catch up and grind it out. And when it's done, we make it the traditional way for everybody to share. So we pour it into different cups. Gotcha. Yeah. As satisfying as that is, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole, that's a vibe unto itself. Yeah. Be present when that happens. Because, you know, it's... Yet again, another one of those things that bridges opportunities for community. And that's what we have. So, so you, you mentioned your family's farm. So did you grow yeah. up in coffee? Is so, this something that came about, you know, in recently? How did you get into it? So I grew up here in the States. I grew up here in the United States, but my father is from Haiti. He immigrated to New York City in the late 60s as a political refugee, him and his family. And so um, coffee is something that they did. Agriculture is something that they did very heavily back in Haiti. So um, fast forward, they got here and had the American Black experience. I go to college at Tennessee State University, go off and get a good job, right? And one of the things that I do very quickly is realize, okay, this ain't for me. <laughs> I want to connect. Real? After all the sacrifice and after all of this time and energy and attention, uh, I wanted to reconnect to my Haitian roots. And so that's what I did. I went on a sojourn. I left corporate America after um, eight years. And I left, I cashed out my 401k and I went to Haiti and a couple of other places to learn coffee. I literally went to coffee school for a while. Okay. And, um, a whole school. <laughs> yeah, at Coffee Science Institute in Northern California. Um, also took some courses in food, food science and fermentation science as well. And so I got really well versed in the world of coffee and uh, came back and rediscovered the people who were my family on the farm. So 
with their blessing, I was able to reinvest into the farm, um, make some capital purchases, and basically flip the farm. Okay. Flip the farm. So it's a 64-acre family farm okay. that was once much bigger than that. But we've been able to revitalize that and turn it into a, a, um, a lucrative business the last five years. Okay. okay. So yeah, I didn't start off in coffee. Um, although you could say coffee's in my blood, I really, I rediscovered coffee. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. funny the, you know, going into corporate America and, and, and getting there and going through the traditional way of quote unquote, this is how you, uh, this is the path you're supposed to take. Yeah. Take that path mm -hmm. and you get there and it's like, this is not nothing that you expect. Yeah, they told you a bunch of lies about culture, corporate uh, America and yeah. the culture and the politics within it. I'm the same way. Like, I grew up around entrepreneurship. And now I'm like, really, I guess, like you said, rediscovering that world and really try to like focus in on that. Because I've noticed, I want to say, I'm not a bad employee or a bad worker. I just know yeah. I need to be an employee for myself and work for myself. <laughs> you know, that's a really, that's a really interesting point. Um, as beer, as well as coffee connects people around the world, what we'll realize is that a lot of people are not very satisfied with their jobs. So not when your job is in something like beer or coffee, it offers a level of satisfaction that's not offered to a lot of people. It's not, um, it's a luxury to a lot of people, but it's a given for you because you're in passion. Yeah, and so no, definitely you know, I, I enjoy it very much, and um, I wouldn't trade it. I think that I would probably do it a little differently had I, you know, had I made some other choices to to get ready for that type of jump. I think I would have yeah. counted my steps a little differently, but I still would have done. It. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. I'm that same idea. Like if I can go back ten years with the information I have now, it'd have been a different ball game. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do? It's about. It's definitely about learning how to, or well, you gotta reach back and just help the next generation, not jump off the porch in the same way. It's like you know, it's okay to walk down the steps. It's so it's it's so okay to walk down. The steps. <laughs> you right. gotta jump off the porch, walk down the steps, even if you, you want to skip a step. step. Right. Hit, hit a step or two, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> like, figure it out fully before you just kind of go in. Quote unquote, while we're talking, y'all, I'm about to introduce the sea salt into this. Okay, and I have the um, the grinder, the spice, the dry spice grinder here, and so I have a rock of sea salt in it that I'm about to, to uh, grind up. So I'm going to go on mute momentarily so it's not okay. a lot of space, but then I'll I'll come off of it. Okay, Perfect. cool. So while he's while he's grinding that up, Kramer, you you've mentioned that. Coffee is one of your favorite flavors in beer. Of course, we know it's the stout. Like, do you have a favorite, a favorite stout that has just that strong coffee note? Yeah, actually, I'm gonna throw a lot of people off with okay. the selection of my favorite coffee beer. New Heights, shout out to New Heights, the team over there. They have a um, cream ale called Coffee and Cream. Yeah. And if they don't tell you it's not coffee in it, it does not look like it will have like not even like the slightest aroma of coffee, but it's like it's a very whole experience. coffee beer, yeah. That's not a stout. And it's it's so good, it's smooth, it's not overpowering, it's just just the right enough coffee to let you know it's there. Um and I think I like it with like a highly carved style of beer, like cream ales are usually very carbonated, real fizzy. And I think the those bubbles kind of balance that coffee like intensity a little bit. So I really enjoy drinking that, especially in the warmer months. Mm -hmm. Um so but um my favorite coffee stout, ooh, that's tough. Oh, no, man. you kind of but you gave us you gave you gave us a, a good answer though on that one. I um you know I can't say I have a, like, it doesn't stand out like that, you know, as far as a good beer uh, or a favorite beer or anything like that. But 
at various artists, I had a stout and it was just a more traditional, um, kind of borderline on like Russian imperial stout, mm, but just very classic, just very clean, just coffee notes with like some underlying chocolate notes, just more of your traditional stouts. Cause a lot of stouts nowadays, you have so much that, you know, they play with it so much and you have so many varieties and it's, um, it's fun. But when you just get a more traditional style that's kind of true to style and it hit those coffee notes, those flavors come through, mm-hmm. though I'm like, it takes me back to like me not liking stouts and then appreciating what a, actually appreciating what a style is. A well so take me back to that style. moment where I was like, you know, I had them before and it's like, eh. And then having them again, yeah. it's like, wait, okay, I'm li- I'm tasting this in a whole different aspect. So it's like at one point I ain't like it. There's, it's so and it's funny. It's like I ain't even <laughs> like this shit. And now I'm I'm like, oh man, this traditional, no lactose in it, no, you know, extra. All those adjuncts, sometimes people overdo it. So you like can yeah. go back and appreciate it. Like, okay, all these adjuncts have been done wrong. Let me just pump the brakes. And this is just me try. Off of grains, right? So it was, right. yeah. And the grains just roasted perfectly. And that's when you get that co- those coffee notes. So that is, um, it, yeah, I enjoyed that. They also um, had a really good West Coast IPA. I know I'm a big various artist fan, but traditional <laughs> West Coast IPA that like that, that uh, dank, just crisp mm-hmm. not too not like not a multi west coast multi west coast ipa but just a nice old school west i was like oh yeah this is this is got good. a little crunch to it yeah i'm waiting for the summertime where i can be out there to live and die in la <laughs> <laughs> going real west coast with it Right. No, yeah. That various artists have some very good ideas. Adarian is like he got the camera in the YouTube. Y'all gonna love this one. Right. I feel like we're in chemistry class right now. Yeah, if you're listening to this episode, um, and I might throw in a just a disclaimer on the front end. If you're listening to this episode on the podcast app, you might want to go to YouTube because there's visuals that go with this. Now I happen to look a little cute and I was sitting out in the sun. So my, my skin is glistening. <laughs> my color is coming in nicely, you know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but the coffee is the main thing. The coffee, <laughs> the coffee beans and the process um, is really a, a part of the show for sure. Mm. I'm, I'm about to switch to, I think I'm about to switch to something lighter. I wanted to make sure I got in a, a, a coffee stout kind of on the front end. I got you. Yeah. But I'm oh. going like to a blonde ale next. I just. Uh, I'm thinking about making a, my, I call an audible and go with a lager. <laughs> okay. Y'all, I'm still back. I'm back with it. And okay, all right. you can see the cardamom and the sea salt came out really nice in mm-hmm. okay. uh, hand grinder. Yeah. Those specs of it. This is so aromatic. This has got my whole the whole living room is smelling like Ethiopian coffee right now. If okay, you know so let me, let me it sounds like. Let me ask this. Is this like what's your well and you can uh put this in if you if you explain the processes. What's sure. your typical morning routine, like your morning coffee routine? Because now, granted, that didn't take that long, but I know some people use it as like therapy, almost like a ritual to make their coffee. So they might actually take that cardamom every morning and or just about, you know, in that sea salt and grind it up. And I see you have what is this, the pour over process? Yeah. So this is a um, a traditional kettle. This is a. Um, a fluted cylinder or a fluted kettle. And I'm using the Bialetti 225 ceramic um, pour over. Okay. And I have a bamboo insulated cup that I like. I have kind of a wood theme. I like to keep everything together. 
Uh, this coffee will go really well with that. And so I passed that through just to make certain that the cup was warm and the filter, I got it nice and warm. Oh, okay, all right. And so now we're gonna do, so we're gonna take our beautiful coffee, we're gonna pass it through our pre-wet filter, like so. And this water is still kind of hot, but we let it come down, came down from a boil at 212 to might be sitting somewhere like around maybe 195 now. This is like, it's like brewing beer, like knowing the temperature of the water, right. you know, yes. getting your greens and, and everything mixed in right. And yeah, pour correctly. Yeah, that's right. And so this, this process is called blooming the coffee. If you notice inside of the paper filter, I didn't wet all of the coffee and it's not uniform up there, but um, I'm letting it slow drip just enough for the coffee grounds to expand. Okay. You know, I want that to saturate a little bit. And as it does, it will expand and um, bring a different dimension to the coffee. So a lot of the coffee is aromating right now. So it's, it's really strong smelling. So all of those notes with the sea salt, all those notes with the cardamom, all of that's really pronounced right now. And I'm going to let that sit. I'm going to let that sit there for a couple moments just to kind of let the air escape. And then once that air escapes, what I'll do is I'll allow that to um, just kind of breathe for a second. Okay. Does that wood, I know you like to use wood for most of your um, process. Does that make yeah. a difference between flavor versus using metal for most of those? Yes, very much so. So, you know how in the country, folks don't throw out the grease? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the wood, the wood carries a lot more. Whereas the metal, it's a lot less forgiving. The, the metal, you just heat in the water. Gotcha, okay. It's like barrel aging something, you know what I'm saying? Like when you put the alcohol in a barrel, you're getting the notes of the wood and everything that's coming through. It's, All of it's a little something like that. I love it. This, it's just interesting that as he's going through his process, I'm like, this is very beer, you know. Very beer oriented. I was thinking the same thing. That's what I was going for because when I when I met you guys, that's what made it stick. When and I met just let everybody know, yeah. we met a Darian at Living Waters here, uh, brewery and coffee shop here in Nashville. So um, Living Waters, they open up at eight o'clock. You can go and get coffee or if you like me, you get coffee beer. Um, they have, you know, they're known for their stouts, uh, the coffee notes and all of that comes through. Mm -hmm. They use some coffee to brew their beers and I'm sure some of it comes with grains. I feel like we need to have them on to kind of discuss their process, especially um, with those being so into coffee. And um, and we just, we saw a black person in a brewery and it was like, well, what are you doing here? Well, this is what we're doing here. And then, you know, it's like, well, we would love to have you on the podcast and talk about it. We will also love for breweries, if y'all are listening, to partner with Jave coffee. I think that would be a dope process. Call Swig and we'd love, you know, a nice collab beer. Um, a, a good stout. We're here and for then, it. Oh, you know what? I saw you partner. Um, you have some stuff with guidance, but I, we'll yeah. go into that. I'm. Yeah. I, what were you? That's going really well, by the way. Great. Yeah. Was that in a guidance barrel? Jave coffee beer in a guidance barrel? It's Black Nashville. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. All right, so our water is up to temperature. And the coffee has kind of sh shifted in the, uh, the brew basket or the pass-through. So I want to show you what that looks like. And the reason that I'm, I'm doing so is to let you know that once the coffee is fully extracted, the, the color will change, right? So what I'm looking for is something that's going to look real mah mahogany in the cup. But when I pour this over, 
you'll notice that it gets very frothy. Mm-hmm. Like it gets brown like that. And the browner it is, the more you're going to get as an extraction. Then as this starts to get released, that foam will gradually turn white like suds. And so if you can catch that, just the subtlety, there's a lot of vapor coming off, which smells absolutely amazing. So this is an entire experience, you know, um, to answer your earlier question, this is my morning routine. I do this every morning. I'm here for it. I have set up my life in such a way that I can take my deliberate time making excellent coffee. So for me, it's not a rush thing. I, ref- I People ask us all the time, do we do Keurigs? Do we do K-Cups? Yeah, I'll sell you some if that's what you want to do, but you'd be rushing it. And a lot of that, that process that's so beautifully and relaxing, you'd be cheating yourself from that experience. Yeah. See, this is the type of coffee experience that I enjoy. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, I probably drink like a cup a month or something like that if if it's keurigs or something like that um i don't necessarily uh i don't look for coffee but every so often i got a taste for it but i much rather go to a coffee shop and have a conversation about the type of coffee um the flavors like why they think i should drink this style and right I, I like to experience things rather than just drinking them. Yeah, I drink coffee every day, but I definitely don't have the same level of appreciation as I do for like beer. Oh I just, man, I'm just not as well versed in coffee and beer. So like, if it's ground and it tastes good, like I have Folgers. So, but like, I appreciate when people, someone like, like you, are there and come in and be like. This is what you want to look for in coffee. This is how you know this is high quality versus trash. So, but I that leads me into my next question. It was like, how can regular regular people like me can like look at coffee and be like, okay, I don't think I want that one because that doesn't look a certain way versus this one. What are some like tricks I can use for myself? Oh, no doubt. Um, so first things first, know who you're buying from. That's a big one. Okay. Um, Nestle is the largest co- corporation in the world that distributes coffee. And they own a lot of different brands, but they are not really, they're not very um, transparent or very kind to the farmers. They do their due diligence in certain areas when they know that they're being watched, but for them to be as big as they are and to consume as much as they do, um, not just them, but other companies too. Yeah. Globally, what happens is you're buying from other buyers. Mm-hmm. And anytime a buyer is buying from a buyer, your um, the quality is going to diminish. It's going to diminish rapidly. It's getting stepped on like it's some cocaine. Yeah, stepped on. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff is stepped on, and and mainly it's because buyers are always going to be motivated by the cheaper price and not necessarily what's best for the consumer. Mm. So by the time the coffee gets to you, it's been cut, it's been aged, it might be sitting at dock or in a warehouse for a year, year and a half. And, you know, Nashville, believe it or not, is a historic coffee town. The Maxwell House Empire is from Nashville, Tennessee, the whole Belmont area. But um, I'm wondering where the Maxwell House, because I almost had to book it for someone. I almost booked that hotel. And I was yeah. like, is this related to Maxwell House Coffee? What's the story yeah. behind it? So I, know the, I know there was a big fire that destroyed it the first time. I think like that messed up its history from that point on. Yeah. A little bit. So, so the Maxwell family, the same family who owns um, the historic Cheekwood Plantation. It's the same family. Um, they owned a contract with the U.S. government to do coffee for GIs during World War One and World War Two, and so they had enough money to be able to import coffee from different parts of Africa and um, Central America, and they were based in Nashville, Tennessee. 
Asheville was a big part of that experience and that, that time. So um, there was two companies. It was Maxwell House, and then it was another one called American Standard. American Standard Coffee was uh, located on Hyman Street behind, oh gosh, what is that? Um, not too far from Tennessee State University. Okay. Next to the, uh, the manor. can't recall what the, the name of that manor is right now. But um, historically, Nashville has, has definitely been a big part of distribution of coffee around the world. Um, but I say that to say those companies, some of those companies still exist and they're so big that they don't really, um, it's not really in their best interest to compensate the farmers. Of course. So know where you're getting it from. Direct trade is best. If you can't do direct trade, do fair trade. Your difference between the two is just this simple. Direct trade is, is like buying something homemade. You know who bought it, you know who made it, that the person that you're dealing with is the person that did went through that process, mm -hmm. is direct. That's how my business operates. That's our business model. Okay. It's my family farm, it's my, my personal investment, and it's a business that has evolved from me directly being Haitian and working with Haitian people. Um, fair trade is when buyers act as a collective and they may buy from a co-op of farmers okay. and set the best price for um, the farmers that are involved. And therefore the people who are actually doing the work, pulling it out of the ground, they can get somewhat of a fair price. But the, um, the quality is definitely there. It's just like anything in the U.S. or it, in, in um, specialty foods. If you slap the words natural or organic on it, you expect, as a consumer, you expect there to be a, a, a little bit better quality than yeah. just industrially mm -hmm. produced commodity that you might be consuming. Right. So um, if you want to get a better experience or a better quality product, look for direct trade, look for fair trade. And um, the quality is just a lot better. It's, it would be the difference between a, a cheap beer versus a craft beer. Gotcha. And yeah, now yeah. I see when you equate it like that, people really start to start to understand. But, yeah, <laughs> I used to work at Whole Foods, so like I was a little familiar with like direct and fair trade. Yeah, Whole Foods likes to promote that um, <clears throat> that they do everything pretty much fair trade at the very minimum when it comes to coffee, and mm -hmm. they try to take their ingredients list very seriously. So I was familiar, a little bit familiar with that because there's a couple places. Can't think of the name right now. I don't want to get too stuck on it, but they had a few that were fair trade and some direct trade. So, and I had those, and that was some of the best coffee I had, even to the point where I didn't need cream or sugar in it. I could just drink it. So, that brings me to another point. When coffee is roasted correctly, you get notes in it that are basically not cooked out. Don't, they're not burnt out. Mm -hmm. um, the coffee that you buy at the store has probably been sitting on the shelf for a while and it was over roasted to be strong at, for a long, you know, a, a later point in time. But when something is fresh, it doesn't taste like that. It's not acidic. It doesn't bite. It doesn't leave a bitter aftertaste. Instead, what you get is um, akin to maybe chewing on some sunflower seeds. You know that taste that you get? That woodsy, mm. earthy taste. Yeah. That's yeah. what's naturally occurring in the coffee. And in some cases, depending on how long that coffee was fermented, it can be sweet. So you don't need to. Okay. And you can add it because I can't tell people what to taste. But, you know, speaking of, I think the coffee's ready. <laughs> when you have quality things, I know when I have um, a good, fresh tea. Oh yeah. I don't have to add anything. If I do some Lipton and I'm dipping the tea bag in my cup, I'm like, where is the honey? Where is the sugar? Or yeah, agave. In that tea. But yeah. if I want to go English style, but if I have some good tea and the flavors are there, it's fresh, 
I don't need anything in it and I'm gonna enjoy it. So I understand where you're coming from with the with the coffee. And I haven't, I can do some black coffee if it, you know, uh, but I haven't had that experience where um, I'm giving like almost like a coffee flight or a different taste of coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanna go to like a, I don't know, somewhere that makes coffee, where? I guess Haiti, hell. <laughs> Yeah, there's some grocers in the city, but I don't know how well they, like how that. well manufactured their beans are. Haiti is like that. I want to give you all a, a visual for what this okay. looks like once it's. So you mentioned that black coffee has a taste or has a, a profile, etc. And I want to show you something that may surprise you. So. When coffee is done the correct way, a lot of times it's not black. Oh, it's beautiful. It can be mahogany, it can be gold, it can be brown because it wasn't roasted to death. It wasn't right. over roasted. So that, Ooh. if you notice. Yeah, it has a nice little hue to it. It's not just, yeah, I mean. It's not cloudy at all. It's just at all. hard to see because it's dark. But like you can tell it's like untampered with, I guess. That's not the word I want to use, but we're going to go with that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's cool. If you notice that you can kind of see through the glass decanter yeah. or the, uh, the pitcher. So what we're going to do is we're going to start to enjoy some of this. When I actually put some of this work to rest. <laughs> Got to. And so that's kind of a, a clearer picture against the, the the metal inside of the cup. But yeah, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna drink it. And this is 100% organic, direct trade Haitian coffee from Javé Coffee. There we go. Love it. And for like Haitian coffee, I don't see it a lot in stores. So like, is it just not like a I don't want to say pop, like not popular, but like isn't just not a sought after type of coffee style in America. So you see Ethiopian, you see like predominantly, yeah, like Ethiopian. I don't see a lot of Haitian. So is that just a matter of Haiti is like not really distributing, or is it just people aren't looking for Haitian, Haitian coffee like that? Is yes that and no. It it's both. So um, firstly. Haiti is responsible, single-handedly responsible for the coffee crops in Bolivia, Belize, Brazil, because the island of Hispaniola, the original colony, was where the coffee was brought from Yemen. Gotcha. In the mid-1500s, late 1400s by pirates. Um, Mm. <laughs> Take a moment. Enjoy. Take a moment. We have we've had several moments on the show, so wow. We know when we get when we get a good beer, and it it takes that like oh okay cool, like so I understand. I I feel like I will get it with the coffee. <laughs> Party original, taking it in. Yeah, as you have your moment, I'm gonna crack open my second beer. Uh, one of the greatest sounds in the world. Man. Yeah, I'm a... So cheers to you all, man. Thank you. Thanks for the great invite. This is of course. My um, beer here, I got, I guess, a lager from Collective Arts Brewing. And it's a new way to discover music and a collab with, like, different, like, local artists, I guess. And they make this beer and do the beer art in the style of the artist so you can find information on it so this is my first time having it i just love the can art sometimes that's why i buy beer it's because the can art looks dope <laughs> like but also it's gotten me in trouble a couple times this one has no can art it's just a generic uh <laughs> generic uh label with a couple of their beers but this one is called fresh art fresh start and it's from Border Brewing side of uh, Kansas City. And 
It's giving me um kind of mimosa, I mean not mimosa vibes, champagne vibes. Mm. Um, which is more of what my mimosas taste like. <laughs> Less orange right. or champagne. With a drop but of juice. Very crisp, very clean. Um it does have this interesting sweetness on the back end that I'm trying to it it almost tastes like a a diet beer. Interesting. You, it's just like a like what is that uh sweet and low or equal you know like that kind of fake sugary taste oh yeah 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 that artificial it's, sugar that artificial sugar yeah it, it, it has like that so on the front end it's good but that finish is like i'm drinking a diet beer so if it was a little crisper and like take that sweetness all the way out or maybe drier i'll say that if it was a little drier it would be right up my alley, but um, I would not mind starting my morning with this after a long night because it got the bubbles. It's gonna, it's got that carbonation that kind of gets you that early morning burp after you had a long night. So gotcha. I can see that. <laughs> I can see the fresh start. It just, yeah, that morning, hey, you'd be like, "Am I gonna throw up?" Oh, <clears throat> okay, I, that was just a burp. I'm the good. Burp. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. Yeah, this water is on point. It's very traditional. Like, there's no frills about it. It's got that, like, crisp breadiness. It feels like it has, like, a little bit of an orangey kind of taste to it, but it's, like, very faint. But overall, it's got that nice, like, texture crunchiness like a lager has. It's clean. It's uh, It's got a little bit of breadiness, but nothing overbearing. So this is good to drink at any point in the day. Yeah. For brunch, for during, during at a day party, this is probably like perfect if you don't want anything too far on one end of the spectrum. If you don't want the hot burn of a West Coast IPA, or you don't want the deep, dark chocolateness of a stout, lagers, I feel like lagers and pilsners feel like sit right in the middle. You're like, you get a little bit of either side, depending on who brews what and who you get. But no, this is giving me cider vibes. This beer is giving me cider vibes. It's a blonde ale, but it's it's giving me some of that crispness, that interesting bite of a cider. When you said day party, it started getting my mind going because I was like, this is definitely a day party situation right here where it's not heavy. You can put back a couple of them. It's at 5.2%. Mm-hmm. it's a good time but it's not a, you know you can be for a long time and not just a good time i'll say that yes i'm sitting at 4.9 percent, so this is definitely like sessionable you can have three or four before you really start to feel the weight of it yeah i definitely take a couple shots with it too okay it'd good, yeah it'd be good to chase some shots knock that edge right off of them so so you know talking about alcohol and beer sometimes what we do Notice that this one is the bouffant. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we'll actually add, we'll make this into a ice ball. Ooh, okay. Or make it as a cold brew and then do it as an ice ball. And then pour either some four roses or some... Um, guidance. Yeah, something similar. Uh-huh. Guidance. <laughs> Which one? Guidance. Yeah. Okay, they're whiskey, not a bourbon, but you know, bourbon. But right? you know, we have a couple of cocktails that we do specifically with guidance, and they're they're awesome. Yeah, yes. tell us about those. I yeah. want to know about those because I'm a big guidance. Jason is, you know, the greatest Jason. Oh yeah. So <laughs> what we do? <laughs> thank you for the plug because um, we did do what our take on a Panther Panther, which is a deeply concentrated cold brew. Like this is the New Orleans method for making cold brew, 24 hours steep with the guidance coffee. And then we added um, a shot of guidance in it and some rosemary, just a couple of sprigs of toasted rosemary to it. Not toasted? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so where, where can people where can people pick up something like that? Where, where I am can, people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am people. You can definitely 
definitely go to javae.coffee. J-A-V-A-E dot coffee. Don't mind me. I'm just looking it up. You get the, you get the guided coffee there. And then you stop at one of your local liquor stores here in Nashville. You could check the guidance website to get the yes. whiskey. They have guidance directly for it. They are selling it on the website. I believe that we will be in this next flight of shipments to the stores. So pretty much anywhere where you can find guidance whiskey, you can also find the guidance coffee. Um, yeah. So wait, wait. So what is so what is guidance? The guidance coffee is the the actual grounds. So right now we have a product that is my coffee beans that yeah. have been fused with the guidance whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, I need it's that. A whole, it's a whole vibe. That's you talking about a day party. That's a day yeah. party. I actually stay up after that day party if I have some guidance, <laughs> guidance right. <cafe> coffee. <laughs> or your body's in a state of confusion. It's like I want to go to sleep, but I'm awake. I don't know what to do. Like we just <laughs> gonna keep going. That's the other thing. That's the other thing with um the way that we roast. We roast during, during um, very scheduled times so that we know how to get a, a good time release from the beans. We roast using the traditional Haitian methods. So what that means is it doesn't hit you all at once. Now you may, the coffee that I'm drinking now will hit when maybe 20 minutes from now, but it, it won't hit again for a second wave until about 45 minutes to an hour from now. And then finally in about two and a half hours, I'm gonna be lit because it's gonna, it's not gonna crash me. It's gonna be a gradual step up and a gradual step down. Because mm. I don't have any of the artificial preservatives, I don't have any of the artificial things in the coffee. You're just simply tasting the bean. Bean has been well fermented. It's been well roasted. It's been taken care of in the correct and optimal conditions. And it was roasted in such a way that is gonna get the most out of the coffee. And we just did the traditional Haitian method of grinding. Yeah. And, you know, extraction. So it's you're not, not going right here all. looking like a coffee fiend, you know. No, no, you're not gonna be jonesing, but yeah. you definitely won't want Speedway coffee after that. That's fair. Is it is like coffee like have seasonalities as like some some styles of beers do like stouts yes. traditionally are like winter IPAs are traditionally like summer spring warmer months yes yes so this season here we are in the bed of spring uh, almost moving into summer pretty soon so um, the seasonal coffee that we suggest is the rosé the rosé has a hibiscus top note. So it tastes very floral, almost like sucking on a honeysuckle. So check this out. When I sip, the first note is that that air that you breathe in that's on the roof or the palate of your mouth mm -hmm. the moment you draw breath in. And that top note is everything. It's 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 an entire foodgasm experience because that's the first one that hits your nose, right? That's like that's yeah, what it hits doing. all of that. It hits the olfactory, yeah, yeah. It hits the tip of the tongue. That's that flavor actually hitting your mouth, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this yeah, is what we're doing. It, Got it. This is where we are. <laughs> the, middle, the middle note hits so hard that the middle note is almost like sucking on the Jolly Rancher because you catch the sweet note. From the berry, the chop, the um, the coffee berry. Okay. Yeah. Notice I haven't put any sugar in this whatsoever. Yeah. The only thing I did as an additive was the cardamom, which is pulling out the base note, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But and then the sea salt, which is enhancing the middle and the top. Okay. I mean, it's like it's like how beer hits your hit. You know, you hit your tongue on the front end. You get one in one. You know when it coats your tongue and and your is going mm -hmm. down, but then the finish gives you something else. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even the aroma sometimes can throw your taste off a little bit. Yeah, it can, or it, it can enhance it. Or it can yeah, or it can. So that's part of the experience that we did earlier when we were doing the pour over with the chem, um, with the Pyrex, or with the Bialetti. And um, one of the things that I did was we let the coffee bloom. Remember that? We mm -hmm. wet it a little bit and let it expand because we want to let a lot of those sugars get released into the coffee. Now, had I just done that in a hurry, like your automatic drip machine does at work, mm -hmm. where you put it in there and then just drops all of that, you'd get none of the middle note, none of the top note. All you get is the bottom note. And the bottom note on this one tastes like, um, some people describe it differently based on what your taste profile is. Yeah. Some people describe it as s'mores. Some people describe it as woodsy. Um, yeah. As a cigar smoker, I can tell you that this one is a lot more, um, it's very light, it's crisp to the finish, but you definitely taste smoked. It tastes mm. almost like a smoked earth or a smoked um, chocolate. Okay. Yeah. I get that a lot from. Yeah, but as we wrap up, um, I just want to talk about like some misconceptions you might want to clear up about coffee. Like sure. people, like oh, I don't like coffee because it, like you say, tastes burnt. But like, what's something you hear all the time that's negative about coffee? You're like, that's a goddamn lie. Watch your mouth. <laughs> you need to try my coffee. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I might hit you for that lie you just told. <laughs> Number one misconception that I hear about coffee all the time. Black people don't drink coffee. Like beer. <laughs> See, I, I, think... I cannot stress to you how much of a fallacy that is. Yeah. So I think black people don't drink don't drink this type of coffee. They don't do this process often. No. As I think often. what it is is so that I could be people, wrong, but I think what it is is that people are really turned off by bad coffee. And because they've experienced bad coffee, they just say, no, I don't drink it. Yeah. I'm more of a tea drinker, is the number number one response that I get until people try it. Because coffee done right is a lot similar to it's a lot more similar to tea. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. okay. Um, number two. I don't have time. Mm. That's real. I hear that all the time myself. <laughs> no. The same two minutes that you I'll put it to you this way. A certain chain usually has a line in the morning that's about 20 minutes long. Ooh. 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 If you can get in that line, you can make your own coffee. Shot fired. your own coffee. And that seven that to eight dollars so that you're gonna spend on one cup. Just so you just just here's here's some simple math for you. A standard latte at any sit-down coffee shop can range from 425 to six. 675 mm -hmm. for a cup, one cup, US dollars, $6 to $4, okay? The farmer will probably see 75. 17 cents. 17? Damn. I was like 75 cents, 17 cents. 17 God. cents on the whole pound on the whole pound all right how much so, should they be getting on, we gotta do better people let's, let's bust this down let me bust this down because um it, it allows me to dispel another theory that's floating out there that black people are terrible at math we're great at math by the way <laughs> um, word word the amount of coffee that it took for me to to do this is about 11 grams or two and a half tablespoons, two and a half to three tablespoons. Okay. Okay. So if I had made this at a craft store 
you came into my place of business and took this out as a as a latte or something, you would have spent about seven, you know, seven dollars on the eleven grams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So of that seventeen cent divided by carry the and they ain't getting nothing. It's about <laughs> it, it comes down to about point zero six less okay. The you farmer, that black people, we, this, we ain't proving nothing to the white folks listening to. I love y'all that y'all listen to this, but we ain't got to prove to y'all that we know math. Just know the, that them numbers is fucked. <laughs> right, so we know the numbers. We might not say I know them, the numbers. Know so the numbers. basically, basically, it's 0. 0.03 cents. 0. 0.03 cents, not three cents, three tenths of a cent. Of a cent. Get the hell out of here. I believe you, but get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. That's yeah. what the farmer is seeing from, but, from that beverage. But you so, said, okay, go ahead. Yeah. To clarify this and bring this on home. Yeah. This is why direct trade matters with Javé coffee specifically. I'm going to keep it flat foot funky with you. I pay my family and the farmers in that community. I pay them in U.S. currency. Okay. So when you buy a bag, they get their cut in English. Okay. Understand? <laughs> yeah. No, so no, they're no, not no. getting seventeen cents. If you a bag, a small bag of say the guidance beans, the guidance beans, the small bag might be, I think it's uh, thirteen dollars. Okay. Thirteen dollars, something like that. Okay. And that's like uh, that's enough to make nine cups of coffee, nine okay. to eighteen cups, depending on how strong you like it. Um, if you get the smallest bag and you put it in your automatic machine at home, it makes eighteen cups of coffee, and that's about thirteen dollars. Okay. Okay. Simple as that. The farmers are seeing that. The farmers see that per cup. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Bottom line. They may okay. All right. Line, they may like 35 cents. Yes. Per cup. Because that's what that's actually fair. That's something that they can make a livable wage on. Yeah. Okay. That's the And not just getting fucking beat up. Three tenths of Three a tenths cent. of a penny. Yeah. I'm paying. It, the competition is doing like three tenths of a cent on a cup. I'm paying on average, you know, bar that you go make a super macchiato or whatever. Um, I'm paying about 35 cents, between 35 and 45 cents per cup. That's good. That's so that's difference. why that's it matters. Divided by carry the one a lot more money than three tenths of a cent. <laughs> that's all y'all need to know, people. About 12. Well, yeah, on a cup. But when you when you talk about direct, you ask a great question. Where can you buy it? You could buy it from my website, Javé.coffee, or you could buy it from Guidance, Guidance Whiskey's website as well. Um, when you do that, it allows us to buy enough to to do wholesale with the farmers. Yes. Like the goal, straight straight up. Let me put this disclaimer out there. The goal is to sell enough guidance coffee to buy an entire crop from the farmers so that they don't have to worry about it. Mm, Okay. That's awesome. That's how we flip. People flip houses, we flip coffee. Ah. I love that. And then how can people keep up with you on social media before we take it Mm -hmm. on home? Hit us up at um, Jave.coffee. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. The same handle, Jave Coffee. So either Jave.coffee, and that's J-A-V-A-E.coffee, or Jave Coffee, all ran together. Perfect, perfect. And, of course, people, you can catch the swig at the swig podcast on Instagram. You can find us on on Podbean, Spotify, your favorite platforms to listen to us. Um, if you want to follow us individually, 
you know me as the bearded brother. Um, so you can just follow me on Instagram and all that good stuff. Check out my website. And Shani, how can they keep up with your tomfoolery? The Black Beer Experience. Holla at Chaguala. Um, I like that. Black Beer, beer Experience and on all social media. Um, I Well, it's different on Twitter, but I ain't really on Twitter. So if y'all want me on Twitter, just hit me up on IG. We'll see. Um, I've been trying to get my life. I'm just on Twitter. I'd be creeping on people's tweets and stuff and see what's going on in the world. Yeah, I've been trying to get my life there, but it ain't really, it ain't really popping. But Adarian, we want to thank you for coming on and walking us through the coffee process, man. Like I, I wish I was in person and able to get the aromas and taste it, but that's Oh, speaking of, I'm about to send some of this to y'all. Bet. Yes, please, please. Yeah, you're getting some of today's batch from the podcast. And so that brings me to the last point. Um, I'm going to give you enough to share. So let's do some giveaways. Get some folks to follow, share, and repeat, you know. And um, hopefully I would love to see maybe a giveaway for a bag of what we we produced today on the podcast so that people can, you know, enter to a chance to win it. Shani, we might have to do a homebrew with... His coffee. We try to figure out something with uh, our boy Justin. Make something happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we're gonna have the. We'll set up the giveaway, and we'll also um, look at some recipes to do a homebrew um, and see what we come up with. I'm excited about that. And I, yeah, fun. we're gonna. This is gonna be fun. And um, uh, I just want to say, as if y'all have gotten this far before, we kick it off. If you're a brewery and you are listening to this podcast, like reach out to Java Coffee. Let us know that you're reaching out. Let's do a collaborative brew that yes. um, that showcases this coffee and utilizes a Black-owned business. That's what the swig is here for. That's what we are trying to be that bridge. So if this is something that um, intrigues you, let's talk about it more and let's, let's put something let's out work. there. Yeah, Darren knows his coffee shit, so you know we're going to make a great beer. You know it, and and it don't have to be if it's not now. That's fine because we're in the middle of, you know, we in the middle of summer. So maybe you're thinking stout, and that's fine. We could set it up for later. But yeah, I think that um, I would like to see some of the breweries or some brewery around here utilizing Java coffee for their beer. So I, th- I think that's going to be, that's going to be great, but y'all take it easy. Have a great day. Drink up. We out. Peace. Peace. And power. Lift your glass to the Swig Podcast and keep toasting. Uh. Take a swig. Take a swig. Yeah.